0: Hello, everybody. This is John. And this is Brian. This is Cassock for Rednecks Podcast. Um, thank you for coming by. If you hear a baby crying in the background, we got baby Lila, born August 5th, right here in the studio at arm's length in her crib. My firstborn. Yep. Um, his firstborn from my lastborn. So um, anyhow, we're here. You may know us from YouTube channel, from uh, Instagram, Facebook, Catholic Four Rednecks. So that's Catholic Number Four Rednecks. And Brian, tell me about your Instagram.
1: I'm Catholic Memes. I make meme posts uh, for church humor. I bash some Protestants from time to time, oh. and I, 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 I employ some apologetic aspects. So it's not just bashing; it's educational. I, uh, I like to appeal to Catholics that don't really know their faith too well so to better educate them
0: that's really good uh let's come to this topic today um do we need a middleman when jesus died for our sins and was buried and rose again did that eliminate a middleman you know in the old testament you had to go to the high priest once a year present yourself day of atonement um if you sin you had to bring offerings and the present them to the priest to get forgiveness and all that and what brings us up is I have a friend named Katie she lives in Michigan she is a cradle Catholic a hellfire cradle Catholic and you know one of them totally cradle I mean just wall-to-wall Catholic and she got a cousin going through RCIA but her dad is a fallen away Catholic an ex-Catholic he's left the church and so Uh, She was going through the part about RCIA. In case you don't know what RCIA is, tell them what it is, Ryan.
1: RCIA is a way that the church can communicate uh, people who want to convert and also some people who just need to be better educated as adults in their faith. Uh, I forget what the letters stand for.
0: White of Christian adult
1: indoctrination. I guess that's what it stands for.
0: But, uh, anyway, it's classes you go to for nine months to be Catholic.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's preschool for Catholics.
0: Yeah, preschool or boot camp.
1: Yeah, boot camp. So,
0: anyhow, this girl's going through it, and um, they got to confess, you know. And it's like uh, your older brother Lee, he became Catholic over the summer. And uh, now the whole family's Catholic. Um, and uh, he was wanting to know why he had to go to a middleman, you know, to go to confession. And this girl said the same thing. She said, her dad is going to say this. When Jesus died on the cross, remember when he said it is finished, the veil, um, holding the veil in front of the Holy of Holies and the Temple split from top to bottom. And she knew, she anticipated her dad's gonna say, Now that I'm a believer, now that Christ died for me, I no longer need a priest, I don't need to go in between I don't need a you know, anyone between me. I can go straight to God when I sin or anything. I don't have to go through it. Um, the priest, I can go straight to him for forgiveness, right? You get the picture. And he said, that's what the curtain meant. Well, it fell when it, you know, ripped down. So, um, she was asking me, you know, well, what would you say about that? And I say, well, to me, it just meant the old covenant was finished, you know? Right. And, um, kind of it's self-evident. Of course, people are going to, you know, interpret that all kinds of ways, well, oh, I even had a thought; it didn't mean nothing. It just split in half, like God was going. I'm done with you, Old Testament. So, um, I was uh, with Father Mitch yesterday from EWTN, and uh, I was. How do you say his last name? Father Mitch Pacwa. Pacwa. He speaks 19 languages, he's a, a hunter, and he has a couple of TV shows. He's
1: got a, a rosary that is made of bullet yeah, casings, like AR-15
0: casings, and all. Uh, he is a hunter. Two, three. Mm-hmm. He's a hunter. He does bow hunting, rifle hunting, knife hunting. I won't even tell you some of the stuff he's told me about hunting.
1: So he jump out of trees?
0: Yeah, he's a Rambo. Yeah. Okay? He may not look like it on TV with his cowboy hat and his all-black priest outfit, but uh, he's um, he stays pretty fit, walks a lot, exercises and stuff like that, does a lot of hunting. But anyhow... So I said, hey, Father Mitch, what does it mean when the veil split down the middle in the Bible, when Jesus died? And he said, well, John, he said, first thing to remember is it was a spiritual thing that God did. Because the veil was about a foot and a half deep thick. I mean, it's a thick thing. And it wasn't like you were uh, ripping a T-shirt apart or ripping an old towel apart. It's a big, heavy thing. And he said, it's significant that God did it because it was ripped from the top to the bottom.
1: It's not like the the veils that the women wear. At no, the mass. not like a, a, not
0: like that, or not like a diaper, not or lace. something lace, like that, no, or a tearaway jersey from football. Nothing like yeah, a lace, um, a paper towel. It wasn't nothing like that. It was really you know like sheetrock or brick. So, he said when it opened up, um, the people could see that there was no longer a high priest or a sacrifice system or a holy of holies with the shekinah glory of God. There was no. The Holy of Holies, the glory of God, left. The Old Testament left Israel, came into the church. Now, he said that there's a rabbi. And I told you, Father, it speaks a bunch of different languages. One of them is, I guess, Yiddish and Arabic. And uh, he knows Quran frontward and backwards. He can debate Islamic clerics in their own language. Okay? He can. He can debate a neurosurgeon. He can debate about art. He knows everything. Just about everything. But uh, anyhow, because I have showed him stuff he didn't know before one time. What was that? Um, The sermon, the little book Martin Luther wrote called The The Jews and Their Lives. Oh, he didn't know
1: about that. He'd never heard of it. Yeah.
0: So guess who printed it out? I printed it out for him. And guess what he did to me? He read. I'll print out the English version of The Jews and Their Lives by Martin Luther. You would have thought Adolf Hitler wrote it. He started reading it just as fast as i'm talking to you now in german yeah and i was like okay father mitch i'm impressed anyhow he said that a rabbi back then 40 years after the temple the veil was ripped he said there's a rabbi that wrote about it it was actually there in a the temple when jesus died he said the thing just ripped in half by itself it just fell apart mm-hmm. and that rabbi's interpretation of that event was that They no longer had to do the animal sacrifices. He said that was God saying, hey, Jewish people, you don't have to do animal sacrifices anymore. That's what his spin on it was. Right. But uh, the thing is, is, you know, um, Jesus is now all we need, but Jesus, he didn't just, you know, some people think, I guess if you listen to non-Catholics, uh, Protestants, Reformed theology, Charismaniacs, stuff Just like that. Just tell
1: Jesus you're sorry.
0: Yeah. they they <laughs> Here's what they think happened. Okay? They think Jesus, as he was dying on the cross, uh-huh. as he hung there, he said, it is finished. You no longer have to go see a pastor or an apostle. You don't have to go to the church I'm about to start. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to the apostles. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to read the book The New Testament's not even... You don't need anything. You don't need a... Pastor, priest, you don't need a New Testament, you don't need a Sunday school teacher, a prayer partner, a Bible, you but don't that, need nothing. That, that's
1: like all Christ was establishing the entire right. time he was here. Right, Jesus he, established he the breath, church. He breathed on his apostles. Oh,
0: yes, he did, John and, twenty twenty three. And gave them. Authority to what? Forgive sins mm-hmm. and to retain sins. Oh, yes, he did. Okay, now Jesus did that, and the apostles, you know, if you read in Ephesians, it talks about the church being built on the foundation of Jesus and the apostles, right? And we know that the apostles themselves passed on everything they heard from Jesus, not writing, but orally to their disciples, who passed it on to their disciples. Later on, what we know as Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and all that. Everything. Yeah, was written out. Based on what these people heard or remembered, okay. Mm-hmm. So the Catholic Church and the sacraments was here at least ten years before the first word of the New Testament was ever penned. Right. And by the time the New Testament was finished being penned, um, with the Apocalypse, the Revelation, well. Sorry to interrupt you, but you, our archaeologists,
1: have even excavated, you know, the catacombs and like ancient sites Mm -hmm. in Rome and various places that that date back to like the first century, second century, of altars. Yes, that are very similar to what we have at mass today. Yes. So if we didn't need a middleman, they were still, for some reason, these. These early church mm-hmm. fathers, a.k.a. Catholics, right. were carrying out these sacraments. They sure this were. Historically found, nope. and it, it predates Constantine.
0: Now, this That's fellow, another
1: conspiracy they like
0: Right. This fellow doesn't believe in anything but the Bible. Well, look at it. Is the Bible a middleman? I mean, why do you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all that? Why don't you just... Let God tell you, you don't need a middleman no more. You don't need. And
1: whoever brought
0: you the Bible, Who whether,
1: whether it be Martin Luther or you know the mm-hmm. the council or mm-hmm. whoever, whoever mm-hmm. brings you a Bible is a middleman in some way. That's
0: right. The publisher's a middleman.
1: Pastor Jimbo
0: is a middleman. Pa- Pastor Jimbo, exactly. Well, let me tell you something on my YouTube channel, Catholic Rednecks. And Brian, you got to get your YouTube going, okay? <laughs> the one on Lent where you just keep adding stuff to suffer. That was that was good. That was top shelf. And you removed it. I noticed you removed it. But uh, anyhow. Calling me out. On my YouTube channel, this uh, sad troll got on there, and he says, and I think he was watching my YouTube video called uh, The Church is Based on the Sacraments. You know, a lot of people say their church is based on the Bible, but the Catholic Church uh, is based on sacraments. So, He wanted to know. He said, "This. I want to know you. I want to ask all you Catholics a simple questions. Do you know God?" And then he said, "Do you know that you can bypass all the sacraments? You don't need them. You can go directly to Christ and be born again." Well, he's referring to John chapter three. You open up a beer there. What is that called? Truly.
1: These are uh, hard
0: seltzers. Those are girly beers. <laughs> a girly beer. They're uh they're low calorie. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking a uh, Modelo Chalada. But uh, anyhow, you remember when Nicodemus went to Jesus in the night and said, "What must I do to, you know, to go to heaven?" Jesus said, "You must be born again." Well, in the in the text, it really just says, "Be born from above." Okay. And non-Catholic like to say born again means you say a prayer. Well, uh, Father Mitch was telling us the other day that that word really is kind of tricky. It's like a double meaning, you must be born again again. Mm-hmm. You must be born two times. And if you read the context of that passage, John chapter three, it's talking about baptism, right? Right. Well, Jesus is saying you got to be born of water and the spirit. How do you get born again? You get born again by being baptized. Um, Acts twenty two sixteen 16 says, arise, being baptized, washing your sins away. 1 Peter 3.20 says, you are saved through baptism. Um, Acts 2.38, baptism is a sacrament. What is a sacrament? It's something the priest does in the physical, that is actually Christ doing something in the spiritual, important grace. If the if the priest, okay, like Lila right here, September 1st at St. Teresa Catholic Church, she got baptized by Father Bean. She received the sacrament of baptism. What they did is they poured water on her and prayed a bunch of prayers. Some and, oils. Yes, yeah, some oils. It smelled good, too. Some salt. How long did you to smell it? I can smell Like it. over a week. Yeah, I can smell it on we my didn't, fingers. We
1: didn't wash her, uh, her gown either, so it's always going to smell like that. That's wonderful. I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> well, the water... Uh, It was a sacrament. It was a priest pouring water over Lila and anointing her with oil. And what they did is that removed her original sin and she became a child of God and she came into the covenant with the Catholic Church. Okay? Right. And people might say, well, she didn't even know what she was doing. Well, them little Jewish and Hebrew children didn't know what they were doing when they were getting circumcised. In the Old Testament, Abraham was given the circumcision that's a sacrament he was told to sacrifice all the kids had to was, be
1: was was circumcision uh necessary for like Jewish yes. salvation to be so to, speak. to
0: be a to come into the kingdom of god to be to be a follower of moses to be a jew to mm-hmm. enter relationship to enter the sign of the covenant was circumcision now they didn't say wait till you're 40 and 50 years old and know what you're doing um you had to do it within a certain amount of days. you had to be circumcised well, that little uh, children of Israel. Do you remember when you were little in Sunday school, you thought the children of Israel in the Bible was an army of little kids? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, um, I hope Lila's as, as you were growing up. But those chi- the little Jewish babies in Israel in the Old Testament, when they were born, they were circumcised. At eight days. Eight days old. Eight days. Okay.
1: They, and, uh, they didn't have much of a theological understanding at that no,
0: point. No, they didn't know nothing. <laughs> You know, they don't even know they got a left hand or a right hand. They don't even know they got feet. They don't know anything. They're completely helpless. Yet the parents were told to bring them and get them circumcised. Okay, that was entering in the covenant. Same thing with kids today. Um, We had the, that was replaced with the sacrament of baptism. Now, in a few years from now, she's going to be old enough to understand, right? And that's when she goes to her first confession and confirmation. All right? Right. And it's up to her from then on to what we got. But from now to then, she's under you and you and Kristen. She's under your covering. She's under that sacrament. Um, And people say, well, you don't need no middleman for that. Well, let me ask you something. Let's just say we're Baptists right now. I was born and raised Baptist. Okay. Now, the Baptist. I think I was
1: Baptist for like a month once. Yeah,
0: you were, uh, name it, claim it, most of your life and even name it claim it when you get saved in the baptist church usually you go hear a preacher who is a middleman preaching the gospel that was written down by a middleman okay thousands Um, of years ago yeah well hundreds of years ago yeah thousand two thousand years ago right you're right okay so the baptist will go to the preacher to say a sinner's prayer that don't exist in the bible the, the term personal Lord and Savior does not exist in the Bible. This guy on YouTube said, do you have a personal relationship with God? Well, I absolutely do. You know, all Catholics do. That's like, you know, they say well, all y'all are doing is is saying things like a robot. Well, that's all a lot of Baptists and Presbyterians and Pentecostal people do during praise and worship.
1: Praise and worship. Were they, what what songs? Like Hill a,
0: song and stuff. They're getting all... In the spirit, how do you know they're all meaning what they pray?
1: They're just singing a scene, mm-hmm. I think. Most of the time, I don't know. I, I, I had moments where I was genuinely worshiping. Mm-hmm. Doesn't compare to the worship at adoration, though, in my opinion. I
0: agree. <laughs> I agree. And a lot of the uh, feelings some people may experience when they go to the popular non-denominational churches—you got the music going, you got everybody's hands in the air. And everybody starts getting, you know, swaying and everything, you know, talking and stuff. Sometimes that's just, a, you know, a physical, mental thing, but I'm the not terrible. judging anyone. Uh, my point is the non Catholics use middlemen in their worship all the time. They use a middleman to get married by, don't they? Yes. I've never seen. Or a middle woman. Oh, yeah, a middle woman now. But how do they get married? Why don't they just get married? Won't they just go, hey, Terry, hey. Won't you just go straight to God and get married? Well, you got to have a minister for. Oh, you got to get baptized. Doesn't the Bible command us to be baptized? Well, why are you going to get baptized by a preacher?
1: A lay person can administer baptism
0: in the Catholic Church in under an emergency.
1: Yeah, emergency. Like if if I hadn't taken Lila right. to be baptized yet, and she was like choking to death or something, I could have baptized her myself right there. An atheist could. Yeah. You, know. you just have to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and use water.
0: Why does the baby have to be baptized?
1: It cleans away original sin. Lose original sin. Or can all sin.
0: Can they go to heaven with sin? They can't go to heaven with okay. sin. Uh, a lot of people believe that when a baby dies, they go to heaven no matter what. But there's nothing in the Bible that says that. That's why,
1: that's why we've come to understand Limbo to a degree, right? Well,
0: the church, you know, I think it's in the Baltimore Cate- Catechism back in the 1800s, said it is thought that babies go to limbo because you had to be baptized to go to heaven. And it said it was thought they go to limbo. And what is limbo? It was a place of happiness. You know, a, a place of happiness. that wasn't exactly heaven. Now,
1: Kind of like where the Jews went before the resurrection?
0: I don't know. All I know is this, the uh, church has the church never officially said yes unbaptized babies go to limbo that's just what that was the thinking back then okay um it's just this is just my opinion and i can't quote any scriptures for it i believe that babies that pass go to the lord i just believe that because that would mirror and reflect the way he does things he's good and he's full of mercy and all that so i do he's believe he's just he's just and i don't think uh, you know now I'll tell you this now you you flip that around to the Calvinist okay Calvinists are taught out of both sides of his mouth he'll tell you you got to be born again but when it comes to a small kid or a baby and they die they go to heaven but a real kid will say if they're one of the elect
1: see i I actually made that mistake once because uh, when I first converted to Catholicism I wasn't as uh theologically sound as i am now i'm no expert by any means but I, I do know a couple of things but back then my protestant co-workers were asking me like well what happens to a baby that doesn't get baptized in time mm-hmm. and the calvinist in me because I, I did study calvinism and we were calvinists for a period of time yeah and i i told them i guess the baby just wasn't of the elect Ooh, what they say They were shocked. And I was speaking as a Catholic at the time, which is a good reason a lot of Catholics need to study up on their faith, especially if they're converting into it, because RCIA doesn't always cover
0: all things, and you might not be listening
1: 24-7, you know?
0: Yeah, and and I agree with you 100%. And in defense of RCIA, it's like our catechist, uh, Deacon Phil, he told us it would take two lifetimes to learn the Catholic faith two lifetimes probably more of reading and studying and research and studying it'd take two lifetimes i mean
1: there, there's this one uh church legend about a guy sitting at the gates of purgatory who doesn't want to go into purgatory yet because mm-hmm. he wants to read and learn everything of church history and doctrine mm-hmm. and that he's still sitting there Is that to from today.
0: dante's inferno I
1: don't remember what it was from. I don't think it was Dante's Inferno because that's mm-hmm. complete fiction. Some people say that some saint said this, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I forget who it was. I can't remember.
0: Well, it. we'll talk about purgatory soon. Um, but, right, you know, middleman, God set up a church. Jesus established a church with elders and with rules. And, and you can't escape that. You can't just go through. You know, Jesus is a man. Do you he, know that?
1: He went to John the Baptist.
0: He did. Jesus went to John the Baptist. Matthew 3 6 says they went to John the Baptist confessing their sins and be baptized. Now there's that, confession. That's right another there. thing.
1: The last rites. That's biblical. It is. It, to
0: that's James 5, 14 and 15.
1: Have your what what does it say?
0: Is there any sick among you? And that word sick actually in the Greek means of despair. Right. Okay. Let them call upon the elders of the church. There's hierarchy right there. And let the elders... Sounds like middlemen. Yeah. Oh, is that a middleman? He didn't say, is any sick among you go directly to God and
1: pray. 100% biblical,
0: too. It is, too. New Testament, rightly divided. So, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them who the elders anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Or another way of saying that, uh, save the one in despair. And it says, if he has committed any sins, what? They shall be forgiven them. Hmm. So right there you got a little old church person. He's sick or in despair. He calls the hierarchy, a priest. Um the priest anoints them with oil, pray over them in faith and their prayer saves that man and forgives his sins it's right there i think i think we're also
1: looking over a nuclear bomb right here what's that is the handing of the keys over to peter yes Mm -hmm. and the historical aspect of that is that the the handing the keys over wasn't wasn't it something like the king
0: well if the king was going on a far away trip he'd
1: like a king's you get hand a prime
0: man, prime minister like a vice right. president or whatever and he would give given these two keys and they're supposed to be really big. I heard they go around your neck and there's one key hanging over here and one key over there and one key goes to the prison and one key goes to the bank. So the prime minister had all access to the money and to the prison. So he's in all power, right? I mean, if you control the money and the law, the prison, you're in charge. The king will go away. That prime minister was in charge. That was Peter. Jesus said that he would give him the keys to the kingdom. Everybody knew what he was talking if, about.
1: If that's not a middleman, I don't know what is. Peter was a
0: middleman. And you know what he said to him? He said, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And people say, well, he wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking to the church. There, he, well, So what? Let's say it like that. Whatever the church binds on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, Jesus said, whatever you make law on earth, I will make it law in heaven. Right. And whatever you make unlaw or free on earth, I'll back it up from heaven. So even if you're a protester, a Protestant, non-Catholic, and you're saying he was talking to the church; it still works the same way. But we know he was talking to Peter because of the way it breaks down in Aramaic. Now, right now, Brian's over there uh, taking care of his baby girl. He's being a middleman. Well, now why don't that baby girl just go to God?
1: Because he gave me authority to take care of her. That's
0: right. God <laughs> instituted the family. He, you know, he didn't have to. He could have just created a bunch of people and they just come directly to him. But he instituted a family, and the church is a family. Um, you know, they say the church began on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. I kind of think sometimes it began in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But that's about all the time we have today. Uh, Brian's got to give his little girl a bottle, and I got some errands to run. So we're going to try to uh, upload a Catholic for Rednecks every week. You hear that, Brian? Every week. Every week. we will try to do it on Mondays. i got to... I work a weird schedule, but we'll try to be up, uh, upload one on Monday. We'll and will be try consistent. To, yeah, we'll be consistent. So we appreciate y'all uh, tuning in. Please send this link. Post it on your Facebook, Instagram, tweet, and I'll smoke signals and spray paint the link everywhere. Send it to
1: Pastor Jimbo.
0: Yeah, send it to Pastor Jimbo. We'll yeah. see you next time.
1: See ya.